favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me today, just like every week, got my co-host, John Stefanczyk, on the line. How you doing tonight, John? I'm good. House of Cards Season 5 was released yesterday. Mm-hmm. Frank Underwood's on a campaign against domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. And to honor this, I think, you know, we're going to continue our campaign against the domestic terrorists that are the Ole Miss administration. There it is. Crooked Freeze, I love Little this. Ross. And uh, we got we might have to come up with a new one for Vitter. He's not goofy or low energy. He's a uh, He's kind of low he, energy. He's kind of low energy. Yeah. He, believe, he, he takes Sean Toohey at, uh, you know, face value, which yeah. is dangerous. Yeah, he, I, I told you, he just saw the blind side, and he's like, he, he thinks yep. that the twoies are still like, you know, the face is a little mess. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I think that, that's apt. That's apt, John. I, House of Cards Season 5, very topical at the moment. Uh, you know, we, we're going to get into a lot of different topics today, including, I'm sure, uh, since this is Landsharks After Dark, I'm sure we'll talk uh, about the corruption and incompetence of the old Miss administration. I have great confidence. But first, I want to bring in our guest, uh a repeat offender for sure. Probably, I want to say maybe third time on the show. At, le- at least one I know of. I, I, it could be upwards of three. It could be more. Of course, yeah. Of course, I'm talking about our friend Wes and Dean on the line with us. How you doing tonight, Wes? Pretty good. Just want to segue. Yeah, House of Cards season five is up on Netflix and it is awesome. But I won't say any more because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that hadn't watched it yet. Thank you. That's I'm pretty, not going to be like Twitter. It, it's pretty dark. I mean, it, it's hard. It's in some ways hard to differentiate from the actual administration. Right oh, now. yeah. I mean, I think it's clear that they're, they're making direct parallels. I'm watching CNN for real or not, you know? I mean, <laughs> Which character would Vitter be? I kind of feel like Vitter would be a Donald Blythe. Maybe. I don't know. No, Vitter's – see, Vitter's – oh, boy. Do I want to open this? Yeah, so I, I just want to say, as an aside, as an aside, I think it's only – apt- Okay, in some ways, he's he's like the he's quiet. Well, he tweets a bunch, but he's like quiet. But he's also kind of, you know, he's he's kind of dark in the corner in a sense. Although he's not in the corner all the time, it's weird. Hmm. He might be bipolar. He'd be a little bit bipolar. It seems he just seems kind of autistic to me, but I don't know. I don't know. We're not gonna we're not gonna get into making diagnoses on the show. Uh, I'm gonna say I think it's apt. Autistic, allegedly, let's cover our show. Allegedly, yeah. Thank you. Shout out to uh, the show's legal advisor, uh, Will Bedwell. Or sorry, sorry, non non legal advisor, non legal advisor. That was a close one. Uh, <laughs> I know he's listening to this right now after the fact and just like so mad at me. All right, allegedly, it was all alleged. No, I want to say I think it's apt. That as Ole Miss fans, we're opening up our Ole Miss podcast talking about House of Cards because it, it is the dark times. We're officially done with all college sports. Uh, Ole Miss wraps up the 2016-2017 school year with a disappointing show in baseball for sure. We'll get down into that. Um, I mean, you know, it's all about expectations, right? It was a young team. Softball definitely exceeded their expectations, although um, – kind of a heartbreaking end of the season we'll, we'll loop back around to that i mean a ucla series was just insanely close i mean you can't really get closer than uh an 11 an 11 inning softball game wherein you take the lead and then give it back up like three different times late in the game that's pretty crazy in the second game the one nothing loss i mean they were right there but a uh, great season for them um hopefully a lot more uh meaningful softball in the years to come 
Uh, but there there was a highlight, and we'll, we'll be back on all this stuff. But Ole Miss it did win a national title, guys. You excited about this? Yes. Yeah. Is this okay? Is this count? Let's just let's start with this. Is an individual men's golf national title an actual national title? I don't think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. John says yes. John is a golf fan, though. So I'm going to take that with a, a titleist size grain of salt. University of Texas counts it in their stats and all that crap. I mean, you know. It's the only positive thing that we have going for us right now, so I'll take it. Other that's, than softball. That's true. It's the only positive thing we have going for us, and it's literally one person at a school of like 20,000. So at least we got that one kid to come to Ole Miss, right? I mean, more complex sports where you have to, you know, build like a 100 man roster. It's a little bit more difficult, but we got that one golf kid, apparently. Did y'all watch any of it? I, I, there was a little bit on. I know a lot of people were following it on the last day. I did not catch it. Come on, John. You like golf. You should have been watching this for the show, man. No, no. <laughs> the man takes my time. That's fair. Yeah. Well, so I don't mean I. I figured I figured you'd be carrying this this segment, John. I mean, Thornberry is a sophomore. We know that, so he could he could conceivably win another one, I guess, before he leaves. But I mean, do we do we expect be, him to leave and go to the PGA soon? I'll be honest. I didn't even know he was a sophomore. I'm I'm out of touch with. He won five times. He's probably going to get player of the year. Mm-hmm. I saw, I read that paragraph online. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy had a run. I mean, had, he had a hell of a year. Yeah. Good for, good for that. I, you know, interesting to see is he, you know, does he stay in school? Does he turn pro? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Do you know anything school. about the Ole Miss golf program? How are the facilities? How do they stack up to other SEC schools? Um, It's not – Georgia and Alabama are considered kind of the top two schools. Florida yeah. as well. I mean – That makes sense. Old, the frattiest old, schools. This has invested in improving the golf course and in, a, in an indoor practice facility the past five to ten years, and they've mm-hmm. actually seen that pay off now with them. I mean, they've been able to recruit more talent, so – that's um, but at Ole Miss does not have a putting green shaped like the state of Mississippi, which I I do believe Mississippi State University has. I, I guess you didn't know that. Yeah. That's their that's the centerpiece of their golf complex because you know they're the the people's university. And they grind for their state, you know. You can't right. deny that. Yeah, exactly. They all grind. They golf for their state. Uh, that's actually, you know, while we're here, we got a lot of topics to cover today. We actually made a little list in the, in the pre-show, but this is not on the list, but while we're here, what do you guys think about Mississippi state being the two seed in Hattiesburg and this NCAA tournament seed? I would, you know, the only thing, (laughs) the only real thing I'm disappointed about is that we didn't get in the tournament and go be the three seed. That would be so fun. It would be honestly be fun. It would be fun. It would be it would be really funny. Um, I'll definitely be watching that game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. Southern somehow had a great year, great RPI and stuff. Ole Miss beat them twice. I mean, they don't play in a very good conference, but I, I, somehow they found the wins, I guess. Um, they're hosting. State's not. Ole Miss isn't even in the tournament. So, I mean, I bet they feel really proud of themselves right now. I mean, I've met some Southern Miss fans before. And they're kind of proud of themselves to begin with. Somehow they're proud of themselves and they hate themselves in the same moment. Like that's just kind of their entire existence. To put it in perspective for the listeners, they're kind of like fans, but just like way, way more. Wait, what what kind of Memphis fans? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're totally. They're the Memphis uh, of Mississippi. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great analogy. And they absolutely, they hate state. They hate state. 
but their hate of state is like equivalent of our hate of like Alabama, and they hate Ole Miss like state hates Ole Miss. I mean, yeah, and probably even more. They they hate state, but they will always cheer for state over Ole Miss. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, I, my, one of my bosses is a, a Southern grad, and he's a huge Southern fan, and I have a lot of state coworkers, so I can't really decide who I want to lose. Right, that's a um, tough one. That's a tough one. But I hey, kinda, I the good news is they, one of them lose. has to. Yeah, I kind of want Southern to lose because my boss always, like, he hates Oxford and stuff. Mm-hmm. So and he, he talks he talks smack sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, be kind of funny at Southern so it's been kind of a It's <laughs> been kind of a tough year for you on that front, I would guess. Uh, with, yeah, with yeah. them talking smack and, and you're just the old Miss fan. I mean, if you had, if you had been in this job a couple years ago or last year, even for, uh, for Dax final egg bowl, you know, that's a, that's a whole different, that's a whole different tune. Um, oh no, I was, I was. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. So you, so you got your jabs in, you got your jabs in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, okay. We won't spend too much time on that. We got plenty of actual old Miss content to talk about. Let's, let's like circle back. Let's circle back on baseball, missing the tournament for the first time since 2011. And I, th- I want to say only the second time in Bianco's tenure. Does that sound right to you guys? No, I think so. Uh, yeah. Third time. 11 and 17. Okay. Third time. So, I mean, that's pretty good. O two, what was that? His second year. Second year, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of see both sides of this. I mean, people are upset that Bianco just never seems to get over the hump. He went to Omaha in fourteen, but since then, haven't really done anything. But um, the, I mean, the flip side of the coin: great recruiting class last year. A lot of really promising freshmen. A lot of them, you know didn't really seem to come around as the year went on. I thought we got great defensive play out of some of them, but I mean, there was no freshman offense breakout. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, if you can, I think they will be better next season. I, I'm not sure they're going to be, you know, Tate Blackman sophomore season step up. We'll see. I mean, how do y'all feel after, after this season? Anyway, obviously, obviously on this show, we're not going to jump to the conclusion of, Oh, Bianco can't get the job done. I mean, I think you got to give it a shot with this roster but how optimistic should we be, I guess, is my question. What do you think, John? And then we'll go to you, Wes. I think, uh, as far as I'm concerned with Bianco, he gets the next two years. I don't ask any questions. Yeah. We'll see what happens at the end of it. Then you got to say, you know, did he get, you know, A, a was that team really as good as, you know, the recruit, you know, their advertising recruiting right. rank point, and B, did Bianco get, you know, enough out of it yeah they could just be a bunch of drew richmond's right i mean it's always a possibility overrated forgot forgot about him yeah well he's uh he's killing it up there at tennessee you know that's why they were that's how they they got trey williams to uh to start over him what do you what do you think about this season wesson what was your take on it well a couple things uh first i want to say too that i agree with john bianco bianco needs two years to see if he can make Mm -hmm. it to omaha and then I, I consider it a success. I, I want to take a look at big picture too, because if you if you look from 2010 to 2017, yeah, the trajectory hasn't really been that great. It's been pretty crappy. I mean, obviously, yeah, 2014 we caught lightning in a bottle. You know, Will Allen stepped up. Austin Anderson was just a solid contributor, and we got an outfield with uh, Braxton Lee and Ballsfield. Austin and you just had JB at the bottom of the lineup in right, and you say, "Hey, dude, just go up there and swing it. You're not, you know, you don't have to score runs. Just do what you do best. You know, mm-hmm. play defense." But you know, yeah, I think he needs you know a couple years. But if he doesn't make it, I consider it a failure, and you know, you. you 
going to need to hand the keys to, to somebody else. I mean, the thing is, too, it's like before the new baseball stadium was built and everything, mm-hmm. that's, what this, that's what this ball club has been missing since Dan McDonald left. You have to have a younger, an elite. I'm not saying Matt Clement is not an elite assistant, but obviously – But he might Dan, not be. Dan McDonald, yeah, uh, true. But Dan McDonald was so good. I mean, if you could recruit the Stephen Heads and the Brian Petways to the bunker, the old stadium – yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, talents like Dan McDonald as an assistant coach are probably hard to find. But I, you know, I mean, maybe he was doomed right by Clement, and we'll see. And maybe they turn a corner. You know, right? We don't know. But I mean, I feel like next year, even if they don't get to Omaha next year, you know, making a deep run of the tournament and having a significantly better season, you know, that's that's, that's got to be yeah, me. that's got to be the goal. I mean, I, I think if they right. had the same results again next season. I mean, then Bianco's seat, I think, really starts to heat up. Not not like you would actually make a move with all those guys coming up on their junior seasons, but, I mean, it's it's put up or shut up shut up at that point. I mean, uh, I, I think a lot of Ole Miss fans, I think Ole Miss fans, it, it kind of, it's a double-edged sword when you do something like sign a great recruiting class because they're going to get really excited and really be pumped for a second, um, but they're going to expect you to do something with that. I kind of think it ratchets up expectations. Because, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I think before this number one recruiting class, Bianca was kind of just cruising along under the radar of a lot of casual Miss fans. I mean, they liked the idea of Swayze, liked the idea of the beer showers, and, you know, they'll probably watch a big SEC series or something, especially if Ole Miss is doing well. Uh, but I feel like bringing in that number one recruiting class kind of made a lot of people start saying, hey, you know, why, why aren't we going to Omaha? Something you haven't heard a ton since 2014. You know, he kind of bought himself some time there, just like AK did with that play-in game a couple years ago. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I kind of think the same effect will happen, even though there's already some pressure on AK. I, I kind of think, or I thought, with the class he was bringing in, you know, that was going to set up his expectations. I don't, I don't know how Armstrong leaving and Parker Stewart leaving the class and all of that, I don't know how that's going to affect it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, obviously, Ole Miss fans have much different expectations for basketball and baseball and all of that. Um, right. I want to say something, too, because yeah. to kind of emphasize what I was saying about Dan McDonald, mm-hmm. Dan McDonald was a 10 out of 10 in Italian evaluation standpoint. He went out there and he, he's a great about like finding like Stephen Head and Stony Stone and all these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. goodness. I mean, like you could kind of tell with after he left kind of. The, I mean, I'm not saying Bianca's not a good Italian evaluator, but well, but Bianco's I mean, good at you know, evaluating pitching talent, uh, managing pitchers, and he's, he's good at developing catchers, but I mean, every coach on staff is a, is a former catcher, right? It's, it's just kind of, it kind of feels like the way things are going with the hires Bianco makes the way Bianco coaches, we're always going to have top of the you know, top half of the league pitching, um, be okay at defense. And it just doesn't ever seem like Bianco's strong suit is going to be the offense. Right, I mean, outside well, so it of the, was the veteran, when Dan McDonald squad. was getting hitters, when, right, it but, was when Dan McDonald because was Dan McDonald was making it happen. I, I just don't think Bianco, as the lead, can do that himself. Like you said, I mean, I agree with you. You you need someone taking control of the evaluation and recruiting and development of hitters and owning that. Um, and I mean, Clement seems like a nice guy, and the players do seem to like him. But I, I mean, he hasn't gotten the results yet. This is going to be year three of Clement. Is that right? Coming up on year yeah. three, uh, you know, Cliff Cliff Goblin went from bust to right. brilliant. Right, so yeah. it's very possible. It's very possible a full off season with Clement, and you know, most is, of these guys are going to the cod and all that. I mean, they could take a step next year. 
you, you gotta you, you gotta see what the next two years happens. And here and from 2011 onward, I, I'm gonna look at this differently. 09 was the Pomeranz team that should have gone to Omaha. Right. Had a shot at a national title, especially if uh, what's his face doesn't get hurt. The guy at Biddle, uh, right? Biddle, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten, uh, not as much guys. Two seed Pomeranzes last year. Eleven, they don't make the tournament. They go to the new. They they change bats. That caught a number of teams right. off guard. LSU yeah. missed a tournament a year because of that, et cetera. Twelve, they. Um, one of the last five teams in the tournament, won the first two games of the College Station Regional, couldn't quite get out of it, still think they were adjusting to the bats, you know, got in the tournament, almost got, almost won a regional on the road, which they've never which they've never done before. Right. And whatever. 13, they had good, they had, um, had good top of the rotation pitching with Wall and Myers, didn't quite have the depth. I mean, I think the scholar, there's, they're all, they're always a player or two short from an elite talent standpoint, but it's the scholarship limitations. I mean, it's not, I don't put that on Bianco. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, the th- in 13, all of the guys that had great offensive seasons in 14 sucked in 13 for, you know, for more or less with the exception. Will Allen didn't even play, really. Yeah. Yeah. Will Allen had a two thirty average that year. I mean, Turner, you can you imagine Stu Turner, on the 14 team and then yeah. like will allen he's will allen is a first baseman or like no will allen is a dh right he's a he's oh, a dh man, they would have torn it up i mean God. that team clubs it because because turner was a badass and he did not have near the support around him that the rest of those guys and the bullpen yeah. from top to bottom was pretty good at, it's too bad that chris ellis didn't play didn't pitch well in the postseason I guess, yeah, well, it the, was the bullpen oh, was really good was really good at 13 but was that's a good point Sellis. Chris Ellis is slated to be the Sunday guy in 13. And he pulled a rib muscle or whatever and never got healthy and never got into it. He, he just never got into a cadence throughout the year. And he had like a six ERA in 13, comes back and was really, really good in 14. I mean, really. And Trent, good. And Trent was amazing. Trent was and Trent was fan. Trent was Trent was better in four. Well, and then and you had Weathersby as your middle reliever with Laxer at the end of the bullpen. I mean, that team was loaded. In short, well, you also had uh, Tanner Bailey. You had Jeremy Massey, and you yeah. had uh, mm-hmm. you had uh, uh, um, Aaron Greenwood. Yeah, Aaron Greenwood. Yeah, um, you had two. You had some good. Oh yeah, uh, two that freshman. That was Brady Bramlett's freshman year, I think. And uh, you know, he he was the midweek pitcher until right. he got injured. Oh, he got right. hurt. Well, and then, but, and I mean, then he was tearing it up. What was and then at the end of the season, was Bortles DHing or just pinch hitting? He was he was he started coming on a little. He bit. was DHing. Bortles, Bortles barely, barely. Yeah. But I remember he had some late home runs, like in the postseason. I thought he had a couple. He he did a little bit of pinch hitting in the postseason. Yeah, I mean they were just so much. They were loaded for sure that year, and and it, <laughs> really came together. Braxton Lee played the one year, really underrated. And Bra- yeah, and Braxton I Lee. Couple months, we figured out how to be a leadoff hitter. I mean, I don't yeah. think we've had a solid leadoff since then. Yeah, a lot of guys. Okay, so best center fielders. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, hang hang on. So a lot of guys leave. All of the players that didn't sign in twelve, the the twenty twelve recruiting class was too good, so they yeah, all right, left. Right. Fifteen was thin. Bianco still got him in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't do anything in LA, but whatever. And then 16 comes around. Look, I think this conversation is totally different. 
if they win the Oxford Regional last year. I mean, yeah, but they, they got eight. they got run out of the stadium. It wasn't even close. They lost what? To it was, Utah. They went zero and two. I mean, I know the first game was close, but they went zero and two. They lost by a run and like one run in both games. Mm. They, it was close for a while this, in game one, but after the rain, I remember, I was there. I remember they just opened it up on us. I don't know. I don't know. Two, I, I guess you're right, but still, ever going 0-2 in your regional does not feel about good. about a 17-year career over two games. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. And he's got, and he's got what, what appears to be – I mean, he's got a lot of young pitching, and he's got young hitters that, you know, there's no reason this team – Yeah, but you're acting like it was a 17-year career – that wasn't just the same as every other year, but 2014. Like it's not, it's not like we're it's, it's, I feel like 2014 is more the anomaly than 2016. Don't, wouldn't you agree? Who are you going to get better than Bianco? Because Dan McDonald's not coming. Dan McDonald's not coming. No, no, no. Here's the that, that, that thing. Talk is, Dan, Dan so McDonald's one of the McDonald's. best eight coaches of baseball. I mean, you can't just expect to get an assistant off the street. It's yeah, but I mean, I, okay, flip side of oh. this, flip side of this, football gets destroyed this summer, right? A- AK flounders, maybe gets fired. I mean, do you really think it's – if Ole Miss has significant scholarship reductions in football and a two-year bull ban, I don't know if it's that crazy that, that the fans would just be like, hey, go throw millions and millions of dollars at McDonald or somebody. I'm not saying it's going to happen – I'm just saying, like, crazier things have happened because we're about to enter a Who's weird writing the world. check? Is Barksdale writing this check? Who's no, writing the check? No, dude. You're talking about academic? No, I mean, there there are Ole Miss boosters that have been putting a lot of money into the other sports that maybe aren't going to be happy with what their investments are producing. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying I could – I think crazier things have happened in the last five years of Ole Miss sports. Because, I mean, at least we could win in baseball. We're not going to be restricted by rule. Like, we're not even going to be able to go to a bowl game for the next two years, potentially. Probably, I mean, definitely not this year. I don't know. It's going to be a long It's going to be a long road back on football. It's a big pity party. Well, you know, we got screwed and freeze oh, is a good yeah. It's going to be such gonna a pity re- party. It's going to be It's going to be unbearable, and it's about to start up in about a day here. Is that when it's getting released? Seems like it, yeah. I mean, it, it, all signs point to Friday. Friday. Yeah, and four, so like, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. I want to say about baseball for a second, back on the baseball coach yeah. thing. You know, obviously the Dan McDonald talk is really stupid because he said on the record, he's like Bianco, he's loyal to the people that give him the big, the big school that gives him the chance right. to make the baseball program his to a fault. So he's like, I would never leave Louisville. I mean, obviously, if we offered him enough money, he would pick up the phone, but he would still say no. Yeah. Um, obvi- uh, I do not have – I mean, maybe the coach of Michigan, because he's apparently really good, except Michigan doesn't care about baseball. Right. I mean, that makes sense. If you could get uh, someone that did a great job at like a, ben t- a Big Ten school. Mike Smith over to baseball? Sure. That? Uh, no, you know, yeah. people. I think we talked yeah. about this on a, on a, a previous show. People legit suggested that on message boards, but who knows? They could have been trolling. That's just so ridiculous. I mean, the ball's round <laughs> – Four bases. There's a wall in the outfield. I mean, yeah. What if he me. tried? What if Mike Smith tried this whole slapper thing, but with baseball, where you just run out of the box as you're hitting? That would work, right? That would work. We'll say I'm really excited about next year for softball because Caitlin Lee is going to be back and Brittany. Finney, oh, is she? Okay. Oh, that's so pitchers. sick. Yeah. Oh, that's. I'm, I'm pumped. Dude. Brittany Finney pitched a. Gym. I mean, she hadn't pitched in like 20 days. She came oh, in because yeah. Caitlin Lee was too tired and she pitched an absolute gym. Finney Plus, we also, got most of our team coming back. Finney can straight jacket, dude. I'm. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm pumped about softball. I, I, what about um? 
I mean, hell, man. I'm be honest. I'd love to pull the softball roster up right now and see who's coming yeah. back. Guys, guys. Also, when talk some softball recruiting. Got some what, softball what, recruiting. John? What, we got John? a really good. Uh, if we get know. a two-year ball ban, if we get a two-year ball ban yep. and 20 scholarships, yep. I say we don't talk about football in the fall and we talk and we cover softball's uh, fall ball. We just cover the preseason for softball. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. dude. Hell we yeah. Preseason for baseball and softball, right there. Hell yeah. Okay, okay. I got it up. I got it up. Don't worry, folks. Um, I was going to so, talk about two before you start on yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Softball recruiting. Softball recruiting. Yeah, hey, guys, got hey, really hang on. Hang on. Hang on. We're talking about softball recruiting. We got lots of time to do that. We need to re- we need to recap the Super Regional. So true, okay. John. Thank you. Thank you, John. You're doing my job for so, me. So, so here, here's, here's the deal. We lost the games. They lost each game by a run. Yep. They were competitive against the team that's won the most uh, postseason games. Extremely cool. And the most national. Dude, they played their hearts out. Sports history. Yep. And, you know, well, they, they got on the run for two weeks between the SEC tournament and, well, the way they ended the second half of the conference season, the, the conference tournament, and then the regional, where they, they got out of bed and they always found a way to win. They couldn't do anything wrong. They rallied for four, I think, down to the first game, but then they blew. They blew five again, four. That, and they they blew seven five. Fights. Yep. They blew the game. I've lived that before. It was a heartbreaker. Well, I didn't watch this. I went to bed in the middle of the game. I went to full I, watched, I, watched, it. It I watched it too. I went to bed when they were down four zero, thinking, okay, they ran into a better. Oh, it, it got awesome, and then it got depressing twice. It just went on forever. Like it went, uh, the, the comeback was epic, and they blew five four, and then seven five, and they blew that. I was like, this is unbelievable. It was, like, it was just like Game Six of the twenty eleven World Series. Yeah. So for every Ole Miss fan that's also a Cardinal fan, this is what the other side of the coin looks like. So. <laughs> Here you go. To me, I woke up. I was like, oh, I just been. And then I saw. I watched the highlights. I was like, yeah, been, been there, done that before. Glad yeah. I, I mean, it felt kind of like playing Arkansas in football. That just you could not. Yeah. You could not yeah, put exactly. them away. Could not put them away. And they just, here. And and everybody said great season, big step forward, which it is for the yeah, program. Undeniable. Don't get them wrong. Any of that. But this is what I want. I do want to point this out. Is they missed an opportunity. They oh, should have yeah. won the first game. Yep. And, and, and they showed a stat during the first game. Uh, 82% of the first game winners advanced to the World Series. So, I mean, they were just, they would have set themselves up. And here's the, and, you, and not maybe, it probably won't, not a whole lot of people think about this, but the other thing to remember is, is that just because, okay, they got this close, you know, this year, that doesn't mean they're going to be right there next year. Oh, no. Yeah. Think, I mean, Dan Marino made a Super Bowl in the second year, and everybody's like, oh, he's, you know, back in the day. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to – he'll get there. Never made it. So This is good. This is a good transition, John, because looking at this roster, I mean, a lot of key pieces coming back to Wes's point. Yeah, but, but you know, you're an injury here. Oh, I know. But but if you you watched Ole Miss, and I'm not going to act like I watched them before the postseason because I didn't, but they really go off of Cox and Becker, the one and two. Both those girls coming back, and I mean Cox hit like four thirty, Becker hit like three eighty. I mean that's that's solid for your offense. Have both them back on top of Lee as your pitcher. I, I think there's, I think they're they're gonna have a chance to be really good again. You know what they do have? This team does have it like a lot. They have a great coach, but what are you thinking? Well, the coach Mike Smith's good. Taron Moat. Is I mean they they've got it. I mean, 
who got one of the best pitchers of all time being their pitching coach. I mean, that's yeah. mm-hmm. that's huge to develop. But can they develop kind of a, you know, somebody in, in a compliment to leave for next year that gives right. them a one? And I think Wes has a point. Yeah. It could be Finney. If Finney develops her pitching, her offense is already there. Yeah. She, I mean, I, I yeah, think no, she's, she's going to be like, the, the was this year. Yeah, Brittany Finney was two, and, you know, Caitlin Lee was the one. So, you know, have, you know, most of the time, Caitlin Lee will pitch, and then they'll bring maybe Brittany in on the, you know, the third game, or maybe if it's a long game, the first game, one in a series, you know, Brittany might pitch Saturday, and then Caitlin yeah. Lee come back and pitch on Sunday. But they also too, they had their senior catcher uh, graduating, but one of the new catchers they just signed is like was hitting like six oh five in high school. From she's from some chick from California. And oh then, yeah, Surrett. Surrett is is a senior, but I mean, I I thought Surrett did well as the catcher, but it's not much offense. And I mean, I definitely think there's room for improvement there. That's what they sound the freshman catchers right, like. Right. One of the so top catchers and then you, you lose and your then, center fielder in Strother. Yeah, but uh, they also they signed one of the top uh, shortstop prospects out of the California. She's like a top ten. Oh, but nice. I can't remember and, the yeah, name Paige there. McKinney's a junior, so that's good. You only got her for one more year. I really loved uh, Gonzalez in that game one. I know you were watching West. She she's the reason Ole Miss was in it at all. She had uh she had like four RBI and she scored both the runs uh, or she she brought in the runs both times when Ole Miss was rallying and got up and she's only yeah. a freshman first what? baseman so I'm excited about her. Okay. What? Yeah. No. I mean, you got like a lot of good like recruiting wise like they got a really like really good catcher coming in and a shortstop so another infield arm possibly you yeah. know you've got a lot of good pieces and they signed another pitcher so who knows I mean they got definitely some new some really good talent coming in and they've got a pretty good nucleus. Yeah. Because uh, the out the Ole Miss outfields you know. It's softball outfield's pretty good too. So I mean, it's they're pretty good defensively. So it should be fun. Yeah, no, I think I think it definitely will be, and um, I think they're gonna have a little bit of swagger too. I mean, after after this season, I think they're not gonna be afraid. Of, not that they're really afraid of anybody this season. Obviously, beat Florida doing the SEC tournament, went three zero in the regional. I this mean, year was huge for Miss softball. I think it was big for the conference, big for the fan base. I mean, the fan base is yes. is kind of into it now. I mean, I think they're gonna have great crowds next year. Yeah, no, it, it put this year was so huge because it put Ole Miss on totally on a recruiting standpoint, it put Ole Miss right. on the map. Now they're you could probably thank like SEC Network for some of that recruiting, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, every so softball game is televised. Yeah, that's a good point. They probably benefited from the SEC Network as much more than any program. You know, Dude, got I've been to, to softball games to. when we were really, really, really bad, like really bad before Mike Smith got there because they had, you know, they have like free crawfish on the weekends on Saturdays. They have a hundred pounds of free crawfish in the outfield. So, right, you know, right. I'd go there and, like, obviously I'd go there and watch us and it'd be over by, like, the second inning because LSU would roll into town and, like, they'd already score, like, 15 runs on us in the first two innings. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean. But, I, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to d- see much of that out of out of Mike no, Smith the next couple no. years. They, they, they hang tough. No. They have confidence. Yeah. They're going to they're, – they're not going to get run out of the stadium, I don't think, by anybody. I think I think next year that they play well, I think they can get hot like they did last year. I think with some more, the talent they're going to bring in, I think they could you know it, have a chance to push through. It seems through. like it might be important next year to uh, to maybe protect Caitlin Lee's arm a little bit more. And I mean now that's that, what I'm hoping. If Finney, yeah, no, if, if Finney can be good, I was, I was saying now that you won the SEC tournament, if you're Mike Smith, I mean I just don't think it's as important anymore. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't push Caitlin Lee to to do that again. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's hopefully now after. Brittany Finney proving herself in game two of the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have her pitch a lot more, too. And with they have another freshman pitcher they bring in. So hopefully in that mix, you know, you have Finney stepping up. And I, I think Finney proved herself. And you, I uh, think and so, yeah. 
uh, Pasadena. So uh, you've got a pretty good at least like one two punch and possibly a freshman relief arm somewhere. So I mean, it's pretty good, uh, pretty good situation right for now. For sure. Um, all right, is that enough softball talk for you guys? Uh, we we hit some recruiting. We discussed the uh, super. I mean, I I'm pumped. It'll, it should be good. We just got you know like nine months before the season starts, maybe eight. Um, all right, we talked about golf, talked about softball, talked about baseball. Um, all right, so I think apologize. we apologize. Houston Nut wants an apology. That's exactly where I was going, John. I mean, I I think it's only fair that we apologize to Houston Nut for paying him. Uh, over ten million dollars. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure on this to uh to not only destroy our football program from a wins and loss perspective, but also get us uh in some pretty hot water for the with the NCAA. So thank you so much, or apologies to Houston Nut for not treating him better. I just I don't know what to say to this guy. Like he's just. I mean, I understand what Houston Nut's doing. He's he's just trying to get in this whole in this whole game of uh. Putting your own Dude, he's just trying to there. get money. Yeah, he's no, he's trying, he's to, trying to rehab his own image, but it just it does not and mess he's not with the it. facts of the case. I mean, and and also like, no. you aren't untouchable in the coaching market because of NCAA stuff. You're untouchable because you killed a football program. Like you, you're not a good coach. Like you're bad at this, right? I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, John? Go ahead, yeah. he's an insecure twelve year old. Yeah, as simple as that. It, it's just. Well, I mean, exactly. The reason he's not here because the football team in 2010 and 2011 really, really sucked. Yeah, worse really in the country. Like the this is awful. Honestly, I have to even you have to tip your hat in 2010 to Jeremiah Soley yeah. just for somehow getting us to what three and nine. Ooh, I mean, a Jeremiah Masoli reference. That's a that's I, seriously. A tasty, I mean, like that's tasty vintage. He, I mean, yeah, but. He, I mean, he he played as hard as he could. I mean, I watched most of the games. No, I mean, you're totally right, Wes. Without Mazzoli, they'd probably go two and ten a year earlier, or even worse. I, or worse, it, yeah. Well, two, they would have been. We would have been LSU at Baton Rouge within. Uh, I think it was Shea Hodge did that stupid flip into the end zone. <laughs> no, no, it was Marquise Summers. That dumb one. Marquise yeah. Summers. Yeah, he had a great game too. He was tearing up the secondary. He flipped into the end zone. They called it back in the next play. I guess we didn't score. We ended up losing. We, we're, we're back to traditional old Miss. Remember when we went six and six and we should have LSU? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, those were, so good. Those, those were the days. You go into the BDV. Remember when we won the Independence Bowl? It all comes that. full circle. I remember. I remember. Thanks. Softball. I, was just thinking I know we're all softball, but I scrolled down. They have a lot of employees. There's like ten people that work for the softball team. All right, back to what you're saying, Wes. I was just thinking. Austin thought, you know, uh, Hugh Freeze and his wife Jill are like, uh, you know, Frank and Claire. Hmm. I like it. Like Kinda. Just, you know, oh yeah. How you doing? It's so good to see you. This and that. This and that. Oh, we love each other. Then behind closed doors, it's like. Uh, you go to hell we're just together just for pr just for power i i do agree that both frank and freeze like go out of their way to seem like southern and uh down to earth and it's just obnoxious absolutely i mean and i mean yeah well he's like he's like real nice surrounded people well, behind you those know, doors. frank is trump like this season and mm-hmm. we said freeze is trump i mean they're all kind of the same cloth so yeah big sir i mean yeah it, it almost feels like we're just just Peyton with a big negative characteristic brush here, like yeah, you know, it, they all they're all terrible people that uh, don't really care about what other people 
uh, believe or get out of the situation as long as they get what they're looking for. I think that definitely fits Frank, and I think it definitely fits Reese. Um, I mean, yeah, we mentioned it earlier on the show, talking about Freeze. We're about to find out, you know, how bad things really are. From all indications, really, really bad. Yeah, have y'all heard? I keep hearing these rumors that they're going to name names in their response. And Sean Tui might be one of those names, but... I hope Sean Tui is one of those names. Honestly, no no jokes. Me too. No jokes. If Sean Tui is named as a booster that was was paying football players to attend Ole Miss. My hat's off to the guy. I told you when you said this the other day, Weston, I, I just don't I don't paint I don't have him painted as uh someone that would actually spend his own money behind the scenes for something that ostensibly no one's ever gonna find out about just to help Ole Miss. I could be wrong. I would I'd tip my cap to Sean Tui as an Ole Miss fan. Uh I don't see it. I, to me that sounds like a, uh, a classic elite dogs rumor where they know like three old Miss fans and they, they include all of them in the, in the conspiracy. Like Archie invited Sean Tui into his office <laughs> and gave a private plane from David Nutt to Leo Lewis. Or so like, you know, they just, it, it's like all the, and that's what and to that's, Dave Walmart to fly to Senatoga. <laughs> and that kind of, that just reminds me of how funny it is. Like I, I took a long break from elite dogs. And I'm sure the listeners noticed because I used to mention elite dogs on the show all the time, but it's funny if you go over there now, their, their wish has been granted. You know, they had a direct hand and Ole Miss getting slapped with a very severe set of charges. Uh, I mean, they're one of their favorite players is the star witness against Ole Miss. And it looks like their football coach, you know, was instrumental in setting the whole thing in motion. This is what they've been talking about for what, ever since freeze was hired really before that, since like the eighties. And yet still, if you go over there, there's, there's the most insane over the top conspiracy theories on top of all this. They're still coming up with like, to me, at this point, you just kind of you need to lay back in the cut if you're state fans and just you know be happy with what you've already achieved. Like I, I don't think you need Archie to be involved in this crazy conspiracy to make Ole Miss you know be in big trouble and probably yeah. not have a football program for a while. It's just funny. It's, it's funny they can't be happy with what they have ever, little brother. They're totally wrong. You got to keep throwing gasoline on their fire. And right. Just let that thing burn as hot as it can. This is that's fair. This is as good as it gets for them. Well, the only thing with Tui is like the only reason that made me possibly think that he could be is just after what he did was like whispered in bitter's ear. But I mean, even though he allegedly don't know who did it, but I mean, it probably was Tui. I just, who knows? I, I to it me, makes fun, it makes fun fodder. To me, fodder, the whole Tui anti AK narrative makes sense because you can kind of draw a direct line between Tui and not liking AK from what you know rumors have long been that. You know, Tui thought that his son should be on the Ole Miss basketball team. Didn't didn't really share that opinion. AK didn't. And uh, to me, that's that's a more logical explanation than you know Tui's just really worried about the Ole Miss basketball program and wants it to do well. Because if that's your if that's how you feel, you know, AK deserves a four year extension, right? I mean, he has a great recruiting class, Dude. has some momentum coming off the NIT, got a new building. Yeah. I mean, you want to exude confidence. It seems purely personal yeah. between Tui and AK. It's the first year, too, that he's had the, or the first full year he's right. had the pavilion. I mean, like, I think he needs some more time. Plus, I mean, I, I hope next year, and I think next year, he's going to break out and he's going to shut everybody up with this team next year. So. And he's going to really make a leave a mark. So I'm, so I'm rooting for AK big time because I like AK. I think he's a Same. good coach. Mm-hmm. What do you think, John? 
How, how bad? How bad is the NOA going to be? We'll, we'll probably we'll, we think we'll be talking about it on our next episode. So it's it's final prediction time. In a way, response. It, Meaning, we'll, we'll have plenty of episodes to dissect it. Absolutely, but I mean, when I all the cards that, are laid on the table, how so screwed many, is Ole Miss? There's so much. I haven't paid that much attention to who's saying what. Mm-hmm. I think there's. I think in you know, close to Ole Miss, they're saying it's not going to be that bad. Everybody else is going. It's going to be bad. Well, yeah, that's probably uh, because they're just trying to get these commitments that we haven't even talked about. I mean, yeah, they've gotten some football people to commit. I, I, I don't even feel like I, it's I, worth question. talking about because I remember, Lee, I mean, uh, Willie Gay was an Ole Miss commit at one point. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, all this shit changes <laughs> when when the when the bad news comes out. What what do you what do you what's your question, John? Do you guys even want these kids to play for Ole Miss? Because they're dumb enough to commit to Breeze right. at this point. Right. It's fair. I think it's I'm, fair criticism. It's I mean, pretty serious. Like at the same I, I, at the same time, the flip side. I think the flip side is they could be good kids that are pragmatic and see a chance to play in the SEC that they're not going to get from a normal SEC program. That's, That's true. It's possible true. that some are like that. But I agree with you. Generally, they're probably taking the bait and being swindled by our uh, snake oil salesman of a coach. And in that case, probably not going to be good. I agree. I don't know. What do you think, Wes? Are you excited about these new commitments? Uh, eh, I mean, it's better yeah, than having no commitments. That was that was not fun. Yeah, that's true. But it was I, almost I was, funny. I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall with these, like what you know, Crime Dog and Jacob Peeler mm. and Phil Longo and Matt Luke are telling them. Man, it's almost depressing. Hopefully, you know, honestly, the best thing I could hear if I was a fly on the wall is them saying, "Hey, man, come play for me. We're gonna we're gonna take over when when Freeze gets run out in a couple months. Like I'm gonna be the interim or whatever." If I hear one of them making that pitch. I'd feel a little bit better because I really like I yeah. said on the show in the past. I'm a fan of the staff we've got right now. I just feel like they, they got a thousand pound weight around their neck. The freeze is hung there. Yep. I, I really hope, but uh, I know probably be like Matt Lucas intern, but man, I hope for head coach. They think about tapping crime dog, dude. Ah, fun. I love and, crime dog. and I think Matt, Matt Luke is the interim makes sense the most because he seems to have the unit that could maybe be left and not be affected that much. Like I just, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we need the other guys at their position groups for at least this season until we can figure something else out. Yeah, no, I'm saying like for head coaching though, like I would want crime dog. Yeah. To, well, well to I'm just saying coach. like the only reason I would want Matt Luke to interim is because I feel like we wouldn't miss him that much on the OL. You know, I, I want, I want crime, the crime dog to stay with the, the DBs. You know, I, I want um I want to see Longo's offense, but uh and, and I just think Luke is kind of an inoffensive interim. You know, it's really gonna I think if if that's what happened, if Luke was the interim, you had Crime Dog and Longo running up the two units. I think it would really be their team. You know, it, it it wouldn't so much be Luke's team. I don't think he would really be like the administrator. I'd have to guess just based on personality. Yeah, no. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. It, it's the predictions are just all over the board. Obviously, there are people that have been saying, "Well, Miss is getting the death penalty for a very long time." And the thing about this is, they could be vindicated with all this, right? You know, I mean, it's. I, I doubt it's going to be the real death penalty, but at a certain point, you know, does it matter if they if they say it's the death penalty or if they just take away enough scholarships and bowl appearances that it's you know no one's going to come for a few years? I don't know, man. I just I I'm worried that. Freeze is going to get a show calls and we're going to try to to work through it and keep them. And it's just like, why are we doing this? I don't I don't understand. 
I think the worst punishment the NCAA can give is like a four game show cause to freeze because then they'll keep them. Yep. Then they, they don't have, they can they can keep them. Yeah. As opposed to having like a suspension or something. Yeah. But if if we don't decide to tap Crime Dog to be the next head coach, another head coach that would probably be on the hot board that I would consider hiring is the head coach out of Tulsa. Yeah. Um, he is he's really good. And bef- I know I'm going to say this, and before you you know just let me let me get this out that get it out. he is a friend, quote unquote, friend of Bryles, but he is not. He is not our brows. He comes from the same coaching tree. Mm-hmm. Agree. We. I want, I'm going to need a special prosecutor just for this coaching search if it happens. Just with the other you know, put. All right. So the okay. Here's a question. Here's a question for you guys. Archie pulled it out with freeze, right? Or at least seemingly in the good in the good freeze days, we thought Archie knocked it out of the park. Maybe now we're questioning yeah. a little bit. Do you trust Archie to do to to lead up the next one? Is my question. Yes, I do. Who, I think he's. I think he's the best option to lead it. Right. Like who else is gonna do it? Yeah. I mean, Vitter. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this because back in 2011, when the coaching search was going on, when they released a list of possible coaches and freezes mm-hmm. on list, I was pretty excited and crossed my fingers, hoping they would hire him because I kept up with him when he was on Ogeron staff because he ran the special teams and that was like the best coach unit on our team. And he was a really good recruiter because he got like Mike Wallace, Dexter McCluster. Um, For a while, the the running back, I don't know if y'all remember how good Miko McSwain was before he got kicked off the team and a bunch of these really good athletes. Shea Hodge is another one. I mean, he convinced Jevin Sneed to come here and Jevin Sneed was, you know, decent for a season, was pretty, you know, especially towards the end of the year, he played well. Wes, what do you think of my – if I go, well, I already would have done this. I would have canned Freeze and gone and hired Frank Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Three. no, I probably would. Have, I would have done. I probably would have done that. that or at least, if I would have done that, that would have been like a definitely option A or B or like you know on my list of things. Okay, what, how do we approach this? That would definitely be an option in my book. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy, but whatever, we can't execute. Oh, well. What yeah. else on the list? What else is on the list? Okay, what else on the list here? Uh, For the we, listeners, we have like seven or eight topics. We had a big list. We got SEC, SEC spring meetings on here. Yeah, t- or typically we have, I mean, lately with the way things have been going, we've been like, talk about baseball and then just riff on the administration for 40 minutes. Um, that's basically. That's pretty much been the format. I'm not. I'm not revealing any secrets here. You guys listen to the show. You, you've heard it. Um, so left on the list, we got SEC summer meetings, uh, and then I want at the end of the show to, to end the show, we're gonna hear from Wes about Raheem Lockhart and uh, Nick Williams and all of that. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not sure what's really come out of the spring meetings other than Derek Mason saying that no one in the league is cheating. I'm sure Freeze thanked him for that. They're buddies. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. Man, he could have been our defensive coordinator if only would have won that freaking game. Yeah, if Gosh. only if only his defense Dang. hadn't been so good and, and just totally gummed us up. Oh, well. be, but I do like Crime Dog though. I love yeah, Crime Dog, yeah. so I'm good. I'm good with Crime Dog. He should be arrested for perjury and or insanity for making that statement. Something. I mean, put him in a mental treatment facility because that's just. I mean. Yeah. I mean, maybe oh, they do it funny. the right way at Vandy though. <laughs> maybe well, yeah. they actually do. Well, I, well, they actually have something to offer. 
Wait, wait, wait. Big time. Do we, do we talk about North Carolina's response to the NCAA? No, and I meant it to mention awesome. this. I meant to it mention this awesome. earlier. I want to hear y'all talk about it, but I want to mention the Ole Miss angle on this. Uh, Andy Staples wrote, the difference in the UNC case and the Ole Miss case is that the NCAA doesn't have the goods on UNC, and they do have them on Ole Miss. So just a little, little Ole Miss flavor for it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the UNC anyway. So let's summarize the context here. Mm-hmm. Baylor has systematic raping of people, and the NCAA can't do anything. Mm-hmm. North or, Carolina or won't, just won't do anything. Can't slash won't do anything. Ole Miss is stupid enough that where they're going to get destroyed by this idiotic sanctioning body. I mean, mm-hmm. it is unbelievable for those for any, p- people that did not see. North Carolina responded. North Carolina's response past week. So, NCA has been been dig, trying to dig up dirt in Chapel Hill for ten years, and a yeah. third notice of allegations has been issued. So, North Carolina's formal response to the third NOA was the was they told the NCAA they are violating their jurisdiction bounds <laughs> and cannot do anything. Therefore, they need to take a hike. And the NCAA now has to respond to that and prove this is within their jurisdiction. That's so funny. Wait, their wait. argument is basically that the NCAA doesn't have jurisdiction over anybody, classes, right? Because it's an academic matter, exactly. Right. But that's anybody that's just hilarious. Thought, anybody out there that thought that, oh, Ole Miss, is, they, they, you know, they can't do anything about the NCAA? I mean, come on. North Carolina is just me. I guess is, the question is, who is or, their lawyer? Who did they hire? Why are we so bad at hiring lawyers? And, and I'm glad to see that North, you know, North Carolina sports have done so bad during this. I mean, they won a basketball title. They're the number two seed in the in the baseball mm-hmm. tournament that begins tomorrow or Friday, whenever the hell it is. That's correct. And then they are the, um, and then their football team made the ACC title a year ago, not this past year, but a season ago. I mean, boo hoo! They've done. I mean, right? NCAA, and, they're, and they're telling the NCAA to take a hike. Can I give you a? Uh... A, a counterpoint. Can I show you what it looks like on the other side? Yep. Hugh Freeze said, I'm really looking forward to the bull ban in a weird kind of way. I have the opportunity to really model for a group of young men how real life can be like when you're faced something you didn't ask for. So that's that's how Ole Miss is responding. Um, is This is a great opportunity for us to experience adversity. Uh, it's, it's brilliant, right? I mean, that's, that's just as good as what UNC did, I'd say. That is disgusting. It's so stupid. It, does, does he really think we hired him to, for that feel-good Bible crap? Like, come on. That's not his job. That's not what he's here for. He's that old Miss to win games. What do you think? What do you think, Wes? You're, you're silent on this. Where are you saying on the whole uh, creating creating good citizens? I just want to say that with the North Carolina response, with the North Carolina response, is that I, I think I was reading a quote where at one point they told the NCAA to step off their yard. <laughs> It's like that's awesome. That is. Like, that is. I can awesome. see him like getting a. So, <laughs> like, I I, I kind of want to blame Bjork right now because I kind of feel like he's such a little climber that he's afraid to do something like that to the NCAA. You know, he's worried about messing up his reputation. Yeah, because he doesn't. He doesn't see. There's no way out for him. Right. I mean, as long as as long as he doesn't piss off the NCAA personally, he's probably thinking, well. I'll build my way back up. I'll go maybe I'll go somewhere smaller again and then I'll get back to the power five or whatever. I think he's scared of being blackballed by the NCAA. It's my best guess. I mean, 
Like, who else would make the kind of decision that uh, we're not just going to lay down? It sounds like an athletic director to me. We know Vitter's not aware enough to, to make that decision. And he also he also didn't get here in time. I mean, Vitter's only been at Ole Miss for like a year. Yeah. It's... Yeah, Vitter's in cleanup mode, all of the hostage videos. Hey, I'm not excusing Vitter. I'm just trying to figure out at what point in the chain of command did we decide we were going to take this route instead of the UNC route. I don't know. Probably being how, too friendly. That's always our problem. How much of this was just tied to Dan, the whole Dan Jones? Because mm-hmm. is the Tunzel thing happened in 15 and Dan Jones is basically out at that point? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you're saying how much of it is tied to Dan Jones being cucked by the IHL or us being cucked by the like, IHL? Uh, some other situations were handled related to the football team under Dan Jones, and they were uh, – they were more committed to winning with their execution of things. So, okay, okay, I like that. I like that. I I think that's definitely true. I mean, I, I think Dan Jones, for the most part, when it came to athletics, just kind of tried to carry on Kayat's legacy. Like, I, I think he was much more interested in, you know, changing things up on the academic side. It seemed like, I mean, and that's that's kind of a good thing. I think. Like, I thought Kayat was a great athletic chancellor. Um, and and I thought Dan Jones did a yeah, good well, job. Yeah, well, he's not too. gonna Jones going to meddle in anything that he didn't fully like, you know, kind of, that wasn't his forte. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to let the AD everybody else do what they need to do. Right. And just, they can take care of it. And they'll bring me a report every month or whatever, every quarter. And I'm just, it's good. It's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on academics and they're going to take care right. of it. Right. And if you listen know, to the show, they weren't like you know, meddling in things. That's what I want. Yeah. Just stay yeah, out of it. Exactly. Let the boosters yeah. and the AD take care of stuff. I mean, yep. But Bjork sucks also. So, I mean, there's really, there's not, there's not a positive. In any of this, if you're an old Miss fan, I mean softball. Mike Smith, that's a positive. Braden Thornberry, that's positive. Um, I still think AK is a positive. Yeah, AK is, AK is a positive, even though he can, you know, he still puts together some head scratchers. But hey, we're gonna give him a shot with this new uh, arena to recruit to see how it goes. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't comment on the uh, the article we were talking about before the show started. This strange news piece out of, I believe, Bloomington, Indiana, uh, wherein Barney Farrar's lawyer is quoted talking a lawyer who i believe is from houston not even a mississippi guy he tells the sports reporter up in bloomington um a bunch of stuff uh some news Ole miss is gonna fight the allegations like that's kind of obvious you know you, you, you can't you can't just say you know plead guilty and, and get a plea bargain really and maybe you could but it's like that time has passed um they made it pretty clear on the hostage video they were going to try to fight this stuff also said that uh it was as close as you could get to the death penalty i'm not sure if he means the i think he means the allegations uh, in that more than the process or whatever. But um, I think it's of note that, that Barney has outside counsel. He said that Ole Miss has kind of tried to make Barney a scapegoat through all of this, which makes sense. I mean, it sounds like Barney just wasn't given enough hush money, honestly. Um, overall, I, I mean, no good news. Oh, Barney spills the beans and takes them down. I think that'd be hilarious. It would be funny. What I don't understand is, like, we hired Barney to be a bag man, right? Wouldn't you agree? Like, what else is he doing for the football program? Well, yeah, but he's a, he's a Mississippi to... recruiter. That's what he's known for. Some of that comes with what was? I said some of that comes with the territory hiring a bag man. Right. You, what you mean? You know. You mean like every SEC well, program has one? Taking the fall, something goes right. wrong. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You hired him to be a bag man. I thought part of this deal was that you're the bag man, right? Like, I don't. I mean, I. The way all of this has gone, I'm sure Ole Miss somehow was responsible for this. Like, we probably had told him that we would take care of him in the event this happened, and then we, you know, backed out of it or something. 
Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was our fault. But it seems like Barney is kind of violating the the whole, like you said, Wes, the idea of you're the bag man, right? Like why? It, I see, I see your point too, though, John. It would be funny just because at this point I'm so tired of the false prophet freeze. You know, sure, whatever, spill the beans, Barney. It, this is going to be a huge, dramatic blowout, regardless of what happens. Whatever. Let's just lean into the fire. Man, I just wish I could be in the COI hearing when hearing both sides argue against each other. I wish it was. So I wish it was televised. Fuck. It's, it's weird. It's not public, but yeah, it's strange. But the NCAA is strange. For, yeah, that's I because the NCAA is like a, a kangaroo court. I mean, they they don't want the public actually <laughs> yeah. to be let in on this. Yeah. Um, Did y'all know about the Rick Pitino stuff? Yeah, had the, he had a COI hearing. Uh, I guess a month or two back. Mm-hmm. What, with all the with prostitute his, stuff? stuff? Yeah. Didn't they successfully... Yeah, who knows? I think they successfully blamed it on some underling, I believe. I think that was Patino's strategy. Nah. I'm not sure. I shouldn't speak on something I'm not sure about. Also, um, Louisville was uh, about to... There was, they were in the process of being... Uh, the university was in the process of losing their accreditation, too. Oh, dang. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you have to, I think you had to Google it, but it, they were... Well, the thing, you know, so... Uh, you know, the guy... Uh, the head, the founder, CEO, creator, of Papa John's. Yeah, um, didn't go to Louisville, but he's from Louisville, and he's a Cardinals fan. John, he was on John like, Shatner, I want to say his name is. Something like yeah, he was yeah. on like the board of trustees or something, and they kicked him off because he stood up and was like, "Look, this is crap. Like you guys are corrupt, doing this, this, and this, and wrong, and you know all this stuff, and y'all need to clean your act up." And they were like, "Nah, just screw you!" And like kicked him off the board. Wait, he cur- <laughs> he complained about their corruption and wasn't like, "Hey, here's how you do it right." That's that's strange, but okay, all right, interesting. It's something. No, that's funny. That's that's interesting for sure. I was reading it, but it was like. Huh. Oh, it was very juicy. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's Louisville, so I, I expect scummy things. Yeah, Louisville just seems like kind of a scummy place. I mean, they hired Petrino, right? They they don't really have any any morals. They hired back after he left him in like a midnight like right. escape in the first. Right. Time. Exactly. That's what, yeah, I meant yeah, I meant the second hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, and yeah, and that was yeah. after the motorcycle crash and all when they hired him the second time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, that's we we were talking about this before the show too, Wes. I mean, no, no pressure. You, you, but you just you were talking about Raheem Lockhart coaching at Mass Central. It seemed interesting. Uh, I want to mention also Nick Williams, who was on that. Uh, he was a he was a senior kind of journeyman player on that SEC tournament championship team, right? I believe that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah he was. So Nick was. Williams going to be an assistant under AK. Um, I, I don't know. If, you might not know this, Wes, but it seems like Raheem Lockhart is kind of. Is he taking over for Bill Armstrong as the lead assistant, basically? I, I believe so. I yeah. think. I mean, he's going to have a pretty big role. So is he coming? Um, is he? What's he been doing most recently? Is he coming straight from Madison Central, or has he been somewhere else? No, no. no. Okay, so he's. I have to look at. He started at like. Um, he started at some like really small two A school, kind of like in mid southern Mississippi, like around. Uh, um, like not on the coast, but just you know, around like uh, you know where Co- uh, Cody Pruitt's from in uh, Bay Springs, yeah, which is like yeah. Jasper County. Uh-huh. Well, he he wasn't uh, Raheem Lockhart wasn't there, but he was somewhere like around there, kind of like kind of no man's land because you're you know you're close to the coast, but you're not on the coast. You're like a couple counties up, so it's kind of like and you're you're no far away from Hattiesburg, so you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. But I mean, he's won and taken his basketball teams at like all the state levels to like the postseason and, and competed for championships. I mean, Sounds good. when he was at Madison Central, yeah, Madison Central, you know, hadn't been good at basketball since like the early two thousands. 
Mm-hmm. And he took Madison Central back on defense alone, like, you know, to the tournament, you know, 6A finals. I like it. Um, one year. I mean, he, he's a good defensive coach. He's really intense. I think he's a, I think he's a good, going to be a good recruiter. Um, and then after that, he went to Jones, and his first, like, I know this past year he had a 29-2 and record at Jones, um, and he's, he's pretty much won everywhere he's gone. And he was the reason I think we signed that uh, that uh, Bruce Stevens uh, power oh, forward. Oh wow! Okay. Jones. Well, that's legit. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Jones's coach. Okay, then that's but super legit. He, I mean, he was like one of the best players in Ole Miss basketball history. Like, right. I mean, like you know, with uh, he was on those teams. Like I think with like with Justin Reed and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like you know our center pretty much power forward that would just bang around and get rebounds. And I think he holds like some Ole Miss records for like most rebounds, like with Sebastian Saiz, obviously and Buckner and some of those other guys. But I mean, mm-hmm. he's definitely like up there on the list, of Ole Miss greats, but I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a basketball coach. He's turned into one. So I think it's just a matter of time before he, you know, got another, you know, a division one, you know, stepping stone to come up, you know, to the SEC. I'm glad he can. I'm glad we were able to get him to come to Ole Miss. You know, I'm sure there's other staff probably looking at him because yeah. his record everywhere he's been is just like, Man, it's like really impressive. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good Google search if you want to look at some of the numbers. I mean, he's yeah, he's he's kind of turned. He's you know, especially with smaller schools, you know, he's kind of taken not much and made a lot out of it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see uh, where he takes Ole Miss. Plus, I think too, if there's any good, because sometimes I think in the past, you know, there's been some good basketball talent coming out of Jackson. And you know, like we've got the Jarvis Summers every now and then, but like a lot mm-hmm. of them go to like go out of state usually i mean obviously what's his face malik newman went to state mississippi state but i mean a lot of players like i know there's been a lot that gone to lsu gone to kentucky and elsewhere but you know i think he'd be a really huge asset if we could get like you know every couple years when there's a really good basketball player out of jackson you know you could get raheem lockhart on him because i mean you know, yeah no, i was gonna i was gonna well. ask yeah so it sounds like defense and recruiting uh, gonna he's gonna bring that immediately which is awesome i mean that's that's never gonna hurt. AK's teams aren't bad at defense, but I mean they could always get better, right? What? The... What'd you say, Wes? I was gonna say uh, the, the few articles I've read about Lockhart, like which is the Clarion Ledger when they interviewed him, is like that he's really intense in a good way and he's very passionate about what he does. So I mean, awesome. Kind of like flows. It kind of flows through to the players, like in terms of just like you know locking down defensively, playing hard, finishing plays, you know. Mm-hmm being locked in and intense and stuff like that. So that was, you know, another key takeaway, I guess, from that. I mean, I think uh, hopefully it'll turn out to be a, uh, a pretty good one. Um, yeah, so. sounds great. So that's exciting. Another reason to get excited for, uh, for next season. Um, and I, and I guess the good news also for next season is that Parker Stewart probably wasn't going to be making much of an impact anyway. And, and the rumors are yeah. that he was maybe in addition to the Bill Armstrong thing, he was maybe scared off by uh, Markel Crawford the fifth year. Which is silly, obviously, if you're coming in as a freshman. But I think every high school basketball prospect thinks they can come in and have a huge freshman year and go to be a lot of Yeah, I think, too, his dad, his dad, you know, is the coach at UT Martin. And I don't think yeah. his dad wanted his son to go play to Ole Miss. But, I mean, that's whatever. Who cares, you know? It's like, yeah. Man. Yeah. Mm. But hmm. I think, I think too, if AK can win next year and win pretty big and make a good run in the tournament and make an impact, I think the first thing you do when the season's over is you ask for more money. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. I think that's but good. I digress. I yeah. digress. Um, all right, so we we hit everything, hit everything on the list, guys. I think we did a good job. Uh, if there's nothing else that's um, popped up in your head over the course that you just wanted to get out of here, 
John, you've been quiet for a second. You got anything on your mind? Good. We're good. We're good. It's enough for the- We're good. It's enough for the show. As I as I hyped before, I think the next time we convene, we'll have um some documents to to look through and laugh at and talk about. Were we really doing this? Is this really the way we did this? Blah blah blah. So that's that should be fun. Um, Just I, the logic behind our defense. Yeah. Really. There'll be a lot. There'll be plenty to talk about. And as I mentioned, we are. Uh, in the dark days of, of no sports summer. So the episodes might get a little shorter. We'll find out. We might, uh, might start covering some new topics. You never know. Look, look for some, some guests this summer for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't want to say too much. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to show all our cards, put them on the table here, but yeah, it should be, should be a fun and also, um, existentially dreadful and, and just overall, uh, bad summer. Looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Weston, it's always great to have you, man. And, and John, you uh, you got my back every week. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably have heard us before, know where to find us, but just in case you haven't, check out our website, landsharksafterdark.com. Uh, you'll pretty much just find old episodes, stuff like that there. But if you're ever looking for the latest or uh, you know, maybe you're not on uh, Apple Podcasts, I think that's the new name for the, uh, the iTunes Podcast Store, um, if you're an Android user, perhaps, uh, sorry, still working on getting in. <laughs> that's, that's my fault, uh, that we're not on, on more places, but you can always listen to our episodes on landsharksafterdark.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, see our episodes and see anything else that, uh, floats across the timeline over at sharks, AFTR dark. That's our username on Twitter. Uh, but that'll pretty much do it guys. As I, as I said, just a couple minutes ago, thanks again for being on. It was a fun show. We hit everything on our list. Uh, great little pre in way response show um you know next time we talk i, I feel like we're gonna be uh fired up about some completely different topics but for now for john for wes i'm justin thanks for listening folks talk to you again soon a triumphant glory song with only one small caveat this one hasn't happened yet it's not the strongest narrative but details aren't imperative what matters is the way it They've got 16 mutual friends It's just the animal spirit And it's not heartfelt lyrics Put them together and you can hear it